Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Serbian Corner, show where a couple of Serbians talk about the Nuggets on DMVR YouTube channel, DMVR Nuggets podcast feed. Here we are on camera, finally. Uh, my name is Voya. With me today is Miroslav from Banchevo. And we have, we have not unlike Emily in Paris, we have Brandon in Brazil with us. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, good day, gentlemen. This is the sound of dominance. This is the sound of six in a row, the longest winning streak <laughs> in the league. So I'm going to be really cocky today, and I apologize up front. And this is this is why we've, we, we are doing this unique podcast with three guys on three different continents. So you're welcome. Yeah, how do you guys feel about being in possibly the first Nuggets podcast that's from three different continents? <laughs> Uh, I, how, we can't be in like a ton of competition as far yeah. as potential ones, but <laughs> it does feel good. It does does feel good. I always think there's no better way for the people to get their Serbian fix than from an American stuck in Brazil. So let's do this. I'm yeah, ready. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, let's we have see. one one Serbian in Serbia. Actually, I'm in I'm in Nebraska. So there it is. <laughs> uh, so what this show is usually a weekly recap of Nuggets basketball. So we we have a malleable schedule. Just we have we have double games this weekend. So we're on Monday. Usually it's over the weekend, but we have our quick takeaways, main themes, disagreements, everything else in between. So first off, we're gonna we usually start off with the Rakia shot. Uh, so this is a Serbian national drink, alcoholic drink uh, taken before dinner. It was like a toast. I'm familiar. Yes, yes. So, so the guy, yeah. yeah, the guys do it uh, at the post games or pre games, uh, with various, I guess, likings or success of of uh, tastings. Uh, we really like it. I mean, I'm pretty. I mean, there's like obviously certain types that that are not that great, but usually we're better better equipped to deal with them than than uh, you guys from America. I would say. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, there's good Rakia and bad Rakia. That I've learned pretty quickly. Uh, the oh, good yeah, Rakia, yeah. I'm, I'm into. I'm into. <laughs> oh, can I get a final ruling on this? Am I supposed to shoot this stuff or sip it chilled? 
I don't. It, I get both answers depending on who I. Because yeah, it's they're, both true. Yeah, there are uh, different yeah. schools to it, so <laughs> it just it just it depends on how soft your mouth is. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I was gonna say like it depends on the mood. Like if you're before dinner, like for my dad, for example, and I when I when I would go home, like we would take a small, uh, small you know shot glass, and then you would eat it with like a salad or something before dinner, and that's like meze. And then sometimes if you're in a if you're in company, you do a shot or like sometimes it's like whiskey, like depending. I guess it also depends on the quality of rocky. If it's really good, then you can sip it. Why? Why shoot it? So right, right, right. That's why it's, there's no wrong answer. I think you just you drink it. I'm not, I'm oh. not the big rakia drinker, so I do it quickly. So I get it over with quickly. You know, so boo, I can boo. go to other stuff. <laughs> hey, it's the truth. I'm, I'm telling no lies here. All of, our, all of our Serbian listeners just logged off. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do? Uh, so this is really your yeah. segment, Boya. Wait, before yeah. you get started, I yeah. want to tell you over here it's a cachaça shot and that sugarcane rum, and it's it's worse. It's a lot harder. So I'm <laughs> I'm in I'm in on the I'm in on the rock. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Nice. Do your thing. Uh, no, this is. I mean, this usually segment is like what we a quick headline or something that made like a strong impression on us this week, uh, and just. First of all, just like some housekeeping. Adam mentioned that uh, during the week uh, for the chat, like keep it in keep it in English, uh, not just to like include everyone, which is also great, but also just they're talking about uh, sponsoring the show. And if you get it to the to the people in marketing and stuff, if they see a lot of Serbian, just in Serbian talk, like they'll think it's for Serbian audiences and they can't sell stuff over there with our show. So do us a favor and keep it in English if you can. Uh, and also just because it's there's, you know, half audience American, half uh, Serbian. So might as well have the jokes so everyone can understand them because it's really funny when when the guys go back and forth. We um, know you know English yeah. because you're watching us. <laughs> Fair. Yes, that too. Uh, so let, let's start off uh, um, with with our first shot. Amira, you want to start us off with what happened last weekend? <laughs> Yeah, my Rakia shot of the week happened like seven years ago on the All-Star weekend. That's that's how far away it feels to me right now. <laughs> it was like 10 days ago or something like that. <laughs> and it's the bromance at the All-Star game. And this is not something new. We've seen footage of Nicola and Luca horsing around two years ago in a bus going to Luca's first All-Star game. <laughs> and Voya, you can give us more insight of it, but when you meet somebody who speaks your native language far from home, it's a cool thing. And if that guy shares the same bread with you, as Nicola once said, all the better. This time, the NBA decided to give them more behind-the-scene airtime, and it resulted in some hilarious bits. It makes sense that uh, they would want to team up at some point of their careers, just for the record. I'm against super teams. I don't like super teams at all. But, you know, if you would see Nikola and Luca, and I actually would prefer Nikola and Yanis to team up because th those two are really on the margins of the NBA superstars. So that would be like, like an FU, FU <laughs> thing to the, to the NBA establishment. But sure. if not, I, I, I could live with Luca and Nikola playing together, but in Denver. This is this is this is my take about it. Yeah, I think I think in in these days these days of NBA uh, player empowerment, I think as soon as Boban retires in Dallas, then I think Luca he's free to go wherever he wants, so he can go go to. to, to <laughs> I wonder. Denver. I'm thinking of the Embiid and Harden thing, and how we would definitely go through the same kind of convo. Like, would they fit together? How would it fit? And then they'd look incredible, and we'd oh, feel yeah. very dumb right away, right away. Yeah, 
Um, I do think Giannis would be the better fit, but Luka and Jokic would be fun. And to your point, Miro, this type of super team, either way, I think, would still have that anti-establishment feel to it. The guys that have, I don't want to say been rejected, but certainly not welcome with open arms into the NBA's inner circle. Um, And I think the understanding of who can be great, how they got to that place, what it looks like for them to be great, it's been pushed forward quite a lot um, by these three guys, two of them in particular. And there would be kind of a fun, like, uh, I, I don't want to like pushback against maybe some of the general or vaguer kind of xenophobic reservations, right. About other guys being dominant in the NBA. It would be a fun kind of slap in their face for those guys to team up. Cause they'd be real good. They'd well, especially good. if they teamed up in like in a smaller, smaller team, like we're talking about right. Denver, obviously hoping, here because that would be like the ultimate because other teams like you know okc had their the big three so even though they're basically like in the in the worst market like oklahoma probably for nba mm-hmm. they still had their you know had their ups and they went to the finals like for denver especially how they're treated and with like people can't even watch them if, if there's a super team in denver it would just break just break the mold for the nba like style like you would have to talk about them like there's no other way to do other way to say because yesterday you're talking about philly like on TV yesterday, after everything Harden did, you turn on ESPN during the broadcast and they're gushing over his his style of play. Which again, the most annoying thing is he is actually playing really well. But then, like, what got to that point? It's kind of like what happened in Brooklyn. Like he was that terrible in Houston, then went to Brooklyn and played well, and everyone gushed over him because again, objectively, he's a good player. But then I don't know how people can just brush aside like the human aspect of it, how like he treated everyone else and. It's just the whole sport because it's kind of a slap in the face of the, of just the. I mean, well, I guess for the fans, like for the league, I guess it's on par. <laughs> it's not right, really a yeah, slap exactly. in the face for it's the league. It's nothing new, man. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. new. What's crazy is that the Nets thing didn't work out. You yeah, know? <laughs> and, and that's almost a small victory in itself. But then we got this trade, and none of yeah. us want to see Philly doing well. So yeah, as, can, and as far as say- far as the bromance, like we've said, Miro, with with like speaking the same language in different countries, is it's. It's really cool. Like it's it's kind of indescribable. Like I mean, I'm pretty sure. I, I have to say, like I, I don't know, like with Americans when they go to a to, you know somewhere touristically, like outside, you can go to Europe or Asia, and it's not like you're going in the same groups. You already know like people that are gonna be there with you. It's like just randomly seeing someone, like oh, the, or you hear the language. You just it's they were like oh my god, like, it's crazy. Like it doesn't matter. Like you might not be even friends if you're back right. home. Like you're just right. different people, but because you're from the same country you at least have that, like, oh, we're in a strange land, like, we have this common ground, and so at least, like, there's some familiarity and, like, kinship that forms, and then two of them are just goofy, so, like, it actually goes beyond, like, just, oh, we just speak the same language, they're actually friends, right? and then it just, the, and the, the jokes, it's kind of funny, like, especially, kind of, you know, watching from, from, like, we're from, you know, from the Balkans and stuff, you watch two of them, just idiots goofing around, is literally like you're watching kids like that's all we would do like if you you were in school and in someone from your club because we don't have like it's not school sports organized school sports it's yours from a club so you're in the same school you go to like a trip like a school trip and you see someone from your club and you would do the thing of like you're waving like on the across the room and someone would ignore you and then you like go mad and then like jump you know jump them um which like the two like throw the nerf ball yeah, yeah, like yeah, throw yeah. the Nerf balls at each other once the other one's not looking, or like in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. like throw paper at them. Like that's kind of the the goofy stuff. Like you, would, which I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm not exclusive. It's not 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 happening in America. It's just that I can see it. 
that they're doing that, even though it's like the all-star game and everyone's so serious and like trying to be fancy and like Jared Allen's being trashed for wearing a sweater. Um, and the two of them are just throwing Nerf balls in the middle of the media, media pressers. Like it's so awesome. Like I, it's just hard to, hard not to love it. Like, yeah, and I'm just reading the tea leaves because I obviously don't know the guys, but I feel when I, when I see those videos, like Luca is the biggest Jokic fan in the world. He just yeah. loved that yeah. guy. You can see the love in his eyes and it's, it's, it's real thing. And, and Jokic is like, yeah, this is young me coming to America right. Right. seven right. years ago. I'm so proud of him. So it's, it's a really, really nice story. I, 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 I love it. There were some jokes in Serbian, actually. Uh, I don't know if Luca was, was just joking that he doesn't know all the words in English and they would just say, so how do you say this in English and, and things like that. And it's hilarious. Uh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, it was the, it was the mountains when, when they, yeah. they said in the broadcast, when, when he asked Raymond <laughs> Green if he's going to the mountains in those shoes, like they videotaped, like, you know, they, they had a camera on the sidelines and they picked up with the mic. And in Serbian, he asked him, how the hell do you say mountains? Well, I guess how the F you say mountains. <laughs> Yeah, in English, and and Jokic like looks at him like you know mountains, and then he's like, oh, you're going to the mountains, Draymond, and that's so for me it was doubly funny because because of the you're you're like when you start speaking your native language in like a setting where it's like mostly English, it's it's really tricky to like switch back and forth. Like when you just speak English, like after my sophomore year when there was like no one here from Serbia, like I just switched over to English and it was super easy. The freshman year when I had someone from home here. It was like my accent was thicker. Like you would, you would like pause for a second and like try to remember the word. And so the two of them always have someone speaking in their language next to them. And then, and then you just have to like turn around and and like tell something to Draymond. And that was also funny because of course he knows how to say mountains. It's just in that moment they were talking in Serbian and he just laughed. So that was also like you know amazing and and hilarious it, too. It's funny how you framed it, Voya, because rarely am I in that situation between speaking English and just sort of how I look. Rarely am I the only one in a place. Yeah. In Florianopolis, there I'm like I'm like the only American on the island right now. There's no <laughs> people don't even assume that I speak English. And so that's kind of been interesting for me to just sort of get used to that perspective. And then just once, just once I was at a zip line a couple uh, like three, four days ago. And I thought I heard someone say something in English and my, just my entire, like I turned around. Up. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, I can, I can do that. And, and so it's exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, and then also my girlfriend, Michelle, who grew up in the States, but also in Brazil, she, she's with her family now and she keeps going back and forth. And like the other day, she just said an entire paragraph to me in Portuguese by accident. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, I have no idea yep. what you're saying. So it is something with Jokic, compounded by the fact that both of these guys are leaders of an organization, right? So it's yeah, not just yeah. run-of-the-mill language stuff. It's yeah. going from responsible, serious to when they get to be together, <laughs> that little brother in their in their in the way they want to be, right? Yeah, because it's also like back back in Europe, like in, in national team stuff, it's the coach that's the leader. So that's also like they never have to worry about like being a franchise leader. It's the cook starts from the coach and then the players fall in line after that. So that's also like a different situation that's why they can be like that that's why they're a little more goofier like Giannis obviously like came in earlier but like it was he also grew up in that system so that was also that's like an interesting aspect of it just being like it's you know starts for me you know Malone is the man but if Jokic has fire Malone they'll fire Malone back in Europe it's like more with with the coach than than the player 
That's right. Yeah. Put, also, put your kids in the doghouse in, yeah. in Europe easily. Yeah. Everyone also, Brandon, everyone thinks you speak Portuguese because of the shirt. I saw the comments. Everyone's everyone's excited oh, yeah. about it. Hey, Lynn, yeah. I know how to order a caipadinha in, in Portuguese for sure. I've got that part down. That's, that's all you need. I can't get that's myself the to the airport, though. That's going to be tricky. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You have to pantomime. Like, go, <laughs> so let, let's go over to the next shot. So this is my um, my kind of impression of the week, like which something that I really love is like my best, well, half best thing, half Rocky shot is like when Jokic is statistically underperforming for like casual fans, when they see like eight points or like 15 points and a triple double, um, which usually means his team's really doing really well. Like he doesn't have to do the goal, you know, the goldfish act or just, filling up the vacuum of like of 50 points that they need to win the game and, and like right. 18 right. rebounds and stuff. I, it really also like, it's funny to me because it also exposes idiots that actually critique that game. Like when you see like someone posts like, Oh, it's a unique style line, like eight, eight, 18 and 11. Everyone was like 18 points. That's not the MVP. Like, eh, I really don't either. You didn't watch the game. You also don't understand basketball because right. it's ultimately a team sport. And when the team's rolling, it's really fun to watch. Like, I'll, I'll love spare when, you the detective work, Voya. They didn't watch the game. Didn't That's watch the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, as a, as a team sport, like it's fun watching when some player when a player takes over at a certain like at a certain point of the game, like for a little bit. But just watching, like it was painful watching for the most of the year when you just see him doing it. It's not like the other players don't want to play well, and you see there in their faces they're disappointed themselves that they're this also disappointing Jokic. And like failing him because he's pulling such numbers, and now finally, when you have seventy six points from the bench, like you can have an eight point game from him. And finally, like I don't care if people say like, oh, he does. Oh, so now he has help. Like they're actually playing better. I don't care. Let him have help. Like that's how you get a title. Like you're not gonna get a title by putting up 50, 50 20 and ten every game, and and you think you're gonna win. You know, you're gonna win the the title like that. So that's my. I love that part. Like I hope it keeps up. I don't even care if it costs him the MVP. Like we know, right? You know who the best player right. is, and the reason why we're playing so well is is partly because of him. So that that's my racket. What do you guys think? Like, do you like those kind of games, or would you still want him to be like twenty six, ten, and ten and eight? All, Listen, all our, our guys, Vipakem had a good good comment today on that. He said, "Do you know that Nikola Jokic had only fifteen points in the game seven against the Clippers when uh-huh. they beat them, that's and that was point. the most dominant game of." of Jokic ever he was just he was controlling every facet of the game so it's really not about the points you you really need to tune into the game just to to try to understand how impactful this guy is and uh, and yeah. there were some interesting things about this this last game against Portland because i even saw that nikola was returning back in switches when he was switched on the smaller guy he would just call Drew Eubanks and go back to him for some reason. It was just like, ah, this is too easy. Let's just switch back and let's try something <laughs> else. He was just toying like 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 a yeah. cat with a mouse. Yeah. It was crazy. And and then at one point, it was the second quarter. They started uh, defending him with the zone defense, and I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh yeah, you know, zone defense is part. That's, amazing, that's yeah. just a bad idea. He probably thinks the same York. thing too, right? <laughs> probably looks at it like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah it's always for me like i i it's i get so giddy when when i see a zone against him because like usually it's, it doesn't even 
the, it might not even uh, result in his assist because the ball starts moving. It's just that when he gets in that middle, it's the least amount of work you got to do. You just stand there and then just do, you know just do the you know the chess moves like oh you're gonna I'm gonna fake it here you know head fake on the other side and then throw no look on the on the shot or like a dunker spot. I love this. Darko had a comment like 10, 10 18, and eleven. It's just another triple double. Eight, eighteen, and eleven is the stuff right. of legends. <laughs> Which is yeah, like I mean, Sorry. I'm pretty sure we'll say like, hey, remember you had an eight point game against Portland? They beat by thirty five, like the one by shot choice, game right? against by Memphis. Choice. Like yeah. yeah, by choice, yeah. yeah. And again, but like this one was said, healthier. Like, you said the you know the game seven against the Clippers. Jamal had forty points, and that's the secondary. Like you, you know, you always you know, remember how he dismantled like you know Zach Lowe and people you know the you know higher up people talk about that game they always say like how he dismantled the clippers in game seven even though jamal had 40 points doesn't mean that yeah. he was the best player in the court like if, even though he had 40 so which again showed the yesterday's way. like 37 points for Embiid. someone mentioned like 27 free throws like that's kind of I, I really miss the times when our second best player scores 40 points so let's yeah. get back to that fast yeah i'd rather do that yeah <laughs> That does. Right. I think he would too. But I love those games, and I, I like the way you frame the question. I wrote I wrote Jokic's section in the grades this way this morning as well. You get the sense that he does too, right? This is this is greatness on his own terms, and yep. he doesn't he doesn't give a shit what sways the voters. Um, he just doesn't, and and so he took more joy in that. It was what was required of him. He absolutely could have found a way to score two more points did not care he yeah. had like that, six chances for it and he just passed every he time care. he was trying because <laughs> it was because that was that was the good like those were good passes he wasn't like right on purpose like oh, i'm not gonna score on that's purpose right. i'm just gonna no, pass no, he was like just no these are basketball plays and no. i mean that's what i'm saying like i think the reason that like he also likes those games is the always the thing like the assist makes two people happy it just that's sure. basketball like if he can score he'll score but when the whole team is involved, you just feel like you're part of a brotherhood. Like, not that you're just the one guy and then four other dudes, random dudes next to you. That's why, like, when I when I got you know when I got to the states, like playing pickup random pickup ball wasn't as satisfying as going out with your friends in high school, like the people you know, and then just putting up like you know three on three games or like five on five with like you know your friends. Like you come in randomly and you just you're just random you know ran, random collection of people that just shoot around. Like it's not. That's not basketball. That's just shooting in a hoop. So that's why I think like it's just those are really fun times. And you see like Brent Forbes and everyone gets excited. Like I think Brent Forbes, Forbes was one of those like even though it wasn't like a vet like Rivers and Cousins that it was um, kind of cast aside. Like he was kind of cast aside in a way like, oh, you're fine. You're just a shooter. And he was, right. you know, he came in as a mercenary professional. And I wonder by the end of the year, if he'll start to <laughs> smile more and like realize, oh, my God, like there's joy in this again. Like, yes, I'm shooting, but it's not like end all be all. And like, we're not, you know, we're not doing like all business, you know, like, you know, we'll get black suits on and like dark sunglasses and we're just going to bury people. Like actually there's fun in this. So yeah, that's, that, those are my favorite games. Like, uh, you know, hopefully like the fans will agree. Um, I see some comments like to say, uh, like, like the video, if you can, I don't, I, I don't have the insight of how many people are watching. So, Hopefully there's a bunch. Yeah, there was a like. There was a bunch. Um, let's go. Let's go to our Boric of the week. The um, nice juicy pastry dish that comes mm. either with cheese, spinach, meat. Nikola Jokic just eat it, so that's why it's well known. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this is a segment when it's like something either best of the week or something that you know something juicy is something we can 
sink our teeth in and talk about. Uh, Brendan, did you ever try it? Did you ever have a chance to try it? And I have not. Oh, we gotta make, not, man. We gotta we gotta change that. Man, maybe <sighs> next time when I, if I'm driving to Denver, I'll like make a bunch and put it on ice and. Yeah, man. I also streets there. are talking. Streets are talking about that Serbia trip. It's going from a pipe dream yeah, to too, a plan yeah. real fast, man. You're gonna have a lot of burek in Serbia. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You guys gotta do like a cleanse before you go and like just <laughs> dieting, and then they like, go there and just gain like ten pounds. Yeah, like no oh, yeah. meat and no pastry for a month before coming to Serbia. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good call. That's basically. yeah. Haley, Haley says I want Borak right now. Yeah, me too. I might, I might actually make it in the next couple of days. <laughs> now, look, we've been talking about it every week. I haven't eaten it like since I got back from Serbia. So, yeah. So we're gonna start off, uh, Miro. Like, what's your what's your Borak? What are you gonna throw at us? You know, our our show is a weekly one, so I need to wait for a full week to fire up some some of my takes. <laughs> unless I just tweet the shit out of them. And I make some notes, you know, during the week to make sure that I don't miss a thought I think it's worthwhile using on the show. And then Adam or Harrison or a Brazilian convict, Brandon, just say that same thought in one of the midweek shows and I just go, ah! That's my pathetic impression of Schwarzenegger in his every new movie. <laughs> so anyway, Adam already said something like this yesterday but i don't care let's see <laughs> let's see the top nuggets in per 36 minutes production so if we go to nugget scorers per 36 minimum 300 minutes played Jokic, of course is the first 27.9 forbes is second with 18.7 very impressive bones highland 17.5 will barton 17 and aaron gordon 16. Interestingly enough, if Cousins had enough minutes played, he would be second with 20.3. Now let's go to the rebounders. Also 300 minutes minimum. Jokic, 15 rebounds. J. Mike, 9. Zeke, 8. Aaron Gordon and Davon Reed. Man, I miss Davon Reed. He <laughs> hasn't been playing like for 10 games now. I forgot. I mean, he checked in last night. I was like, oh shit, he's still on the team. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> just a garbage, garbage time now player. And, and I really like him. But you know what? We have better players now. So I really wish for him to have a really great NBA career because mm -hmm. he deserves it. But I don't know, man. I mean, unless something strange happens in the next months or so, I don't see him playing at all. Uh, yeah, with the it's Nuggets, a luxury. Course, like Brent, I think yeah. Brent, you and I texted yesterday when you said that to me too. Like, oh, he's on the team. Like, yeah, like those are when you have good players there, then they're the ones that kick the you know the the regular rotation guys into gear. Like Rivers has been mm. playing much better since Reed Reed was on came on the on the team just because you know, he knows he can get benched for that guy. So yeah, also so, he can't play in the playoffs, so it's kind of tough to like integrate him now when you can't count on him then. So. That's right. right. So let's get back to my list. <laughs> so what about Demarcus Cousins? He has 17.4 rebounds per 36. So Holy more than smokes. Nikola fucking Jokic, who is the second best <laughs> rebounder in the league. So, so take that for what is worth. Now let's get to the assists. Jokic, 8.8. .8. Campazzo, 6.5. Monte, 5. Barton, 4.3. Bones, 4.1. You know what? Boogie Cousins, 4.2. He's actually top five in the assists as well. <laughs> He's literally doing the same stuff he did in Sacramento, in New Orleans, 
back in the day when he was a superstar, just on a smaller minutes amount. His production is is just awesome. And he's the only guy here that appears on all three lists. Well, when I cheat and put him there, even though he's not playing a lot of games. And, <laughs> and I firmly believe that in that center rotation between Jokic and Cousins, and I hope Malone won't go small in those eight minutes without Jokic in the playoff games. Yeah, I'm going crazy. I'm talking playoffs already. So I'd rather see him forcing the other team's hand by always playing big. And let's see what I happens. think they will do that. I don't think, yeah, I think Boogie's in. Yeah, yeah I, really, I, really, I really doubt that they're there in the big games. I mean, the, the there are some scenarios I can yeah. see, you know, when you go go to eight guy rotation or whatever, who sure. do you cut out in sure. order to have Boogie there? So I don't know, but I really, really hope he will stay there because he's not only playing like a great rebound snatching playmaking center. He's a, he has unlocked both J. Mike Green and Zeke Nagy as really good defenders on four rather than five. His high rate of scoring and rebounding with 7.7 points, 6.6 rebounds, and also 1.6 assists in 13.6 minutes per game in his first 10 games is a rare phenomenon. I already tweeted that that the last guy who did that on that uh, uh, amount of minutes, small amount of minutes, was Moses Malone. And, of course, it was the back end of his career, but nevertheless, it's Moses Malone. You are like so, the Shakespeare of small sample size theater here. You are just <laughs> off your I rock. love it. <laughs> but, but that's all, all you need. You only need eight minutes of boogie. And you know what? Sure. In case Nicola gets into foul trouble and boogie has to play 12 or 14 minutes, I feel pretty good about it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want boogie to play for 20 minutes because he cannot handle it right now. But 14 minutes... Easy peasy. Okay, so what's so so, so so finally what so what's your Borek? What's the the main? It's just of, it's of just stats? it's just the way Boogie has been playing for these ten yeah. games. Of course, yeah. it wasn't on the same level from day one. He was really struggling at the beginning because he was completely out of shape and just trying to get healthy. But then you can see him ramping up, and after the 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 All Star uh, break, and he actually had a couple of days more because he didn't play in that first game against Sacramento. Right. He's looking really, really sharp. And it's just Boogie is my Burek of the week this week. I so love yeah, it. but you but you like you're bear you kind of bearing the lead here because you said like you you told us before like the the basically your thesis or like thesis statement is Boogie's the best backup five might be the best backup five in the, oh yeah in the league that's right, right now. Like that's yeah that's the, right. I wanted to pound on that as well. Thank you. Thank you yeah, for, yeah. for bringing me home. So yeah I really think considering the skill and considering the production per minute. And that's actually the only thing that matters for a backup five because backup fives will not be playing in playoffs for more than 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I think Boogie is firmly my best backup five in the whole league. Let's go with – let's let's list like a few of good backup fives in the league that we kind of talked about before and then have some – some stuff from the chat that kind of that we can kind of wrap the boogie talk, um, especially with some um, interactions with Jokic kind of conversations and that. So we talked about we had like you know Shingun is in, in Houston, that's okay. Uh, Phoenix probably has the best because they have like two right now: is McGee and and uh, and Bismarck Biombo that played well with Chris Paul, right? Um, 
Pacers have Jalen Smith. I think he counts kind of as a backup five or forward. He's not in this conversation. Uh, he's a project. No, no, tell me, yeah, but tell me, like he that he's there, and also Goga Vitadze, but like whatever. Um, Tice from Celtics. Uh, we I have like Sean him. Holmes and Matt too. I think from like Matt too is kind of small ball too. Like uh, Holmes is transitioned naturally into backup five because of Sabonis. Um, there's like Millsaps in 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 Philly. Uh, Deadman and Yurtsevin were really decent in Miami, so like that's kind of the the crowd he needs to like be compared to, I, I guess. Like Carol if you guys Charlotte. have, I'm not watching those. Yeah, yeah. PJ, yeah. PJ Washington and and you know, and uh, PJ and, Washington as well. Yeah. And Trez, uh, Drummond was a backup, but like now he's a starter, I guess. Uh, in in Nets, so like we can't really like it's. I guess he was most of the year. So if you have some else, which again is it just brings to a point like he actually might be in the conversation. Like he's very small sample size, but who knows? Like Hardenstein, you Miroslav, you you, uh, you talked about we talked about him during the year. Um, so like it's I mean, not Hart- that Hartenstein big, has not a great, big great big production, market. but but do you think Hartenstein is a better player than Boogie? No, that's he, exactly that's what I mean. That's exactly yeah. the point. Like we can't, you know, yeah. they might have struggled with just based on his reputation and like. You know the the grave injuries that he had. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they were just kind of got him, and then a uh, few things like the people talked about in the chat, like their his his and Jokic's interaction, as in uh, kind of how they affect each other. Does Jokic kind of rub off some of the, his good stuff, rub off on Boogie, and like maybe the some of the you know the the dog in him, whatever the you know quotation marks, they go on to Jokic. I don't I don't know about you guys. I don't know if that's the case. I think they're you know men men on their own. To be yeah, like that easily affected that. within a short of a time, I think the good good part that gets um, that we don't kind of even notice. I was I kind of was joking, but it turned out to be maybe even true. The fact that Boogie is that like volatile, like kind of draws off tension off of Jokic. Like we don't see him being in that center of attention. Like I don't think he got a technical since Boogie came here. Like uh, drawing fouls has become a little bit easier because Boogie's that large as well, and he gets the foul, you know, gets the foul calls. So like that part, I think he affects the game well. Um, what what do you guys think about the off the court and the non the court effect? Uh, just like you know, with the small sample size. The off Red the court thing is interesting, right? Because they don't. They it didn't seem well. Boogie certainly didn't seem to respect him, right? Before he yeah. came here, we yeah. all know the 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 meme and the and the gif. But it was interesting to hear Jokic talk about it. You know basically conceding that he didn't love him, but the way he said it, you know, not, not in so many words, but he said, he surprised me. Actually, he's actually a yep. great guy. Yep. Heavily implies he maybe didn't think so before. <laughs> um, but I think, listen, we've seen that before in Denver with Boogie, with Austin Rivers, right? Who is, this is yep. a really good comparison here with Austin. Both of these guys might be in Milwaukee still or last year were it not for their league wide reputations. Yeah, and Denver has. Austin was Austin on Milwaukee first before. No, no, he he was rumored to have been that's right circled by Milwaukee. That's right, that's right. But they passed on him, and he came to Denver. And I, my understanding, it it was this conversation, and Denver had a different perspective on it. And I think there are a lot of things that allow them to do that. Malone, we talked about this off air, is a huge factor, not just his relationship with Boogie, but his ability to keep locker rooms together. But then Jokic, right? Jokic has to get credit as a culture setter of someone who's, once he walked into that locker room, it's very clear he's not telling people how to be or who to be, right? Or or imposing his will on them. And so I think there's a lot of space for guys to just come in, be themselves, worry about the basketball, 
And when that's the case for guys like Austin and Boogie, they're both in situations right now where in too big a role with too big of a contract, disasters. But where Denver has them, how they have them, huge assets, right? And yeah. so this is, there's something, this is one of my favorite parts about Jokic, which is just, hey, like if you can play and if you want to be part of the team, there's room for everyone, yeah. you know? Didn't Miroslav, I think you and I talked in the first episode of, of the Serbian corner, like around New Year's, it was Boogie was being mentioned. And I said, yeah. no, thank you. Or like, can, can they fit? Or maybe first, second episode. And like, can they fit together? And I was like, well, if anyone can change, like if anyone can assimilate someone like Volatile as Boogie, like I think the Nuggets can. And this is if that if they do that, then this is the feather in the cap of the organization, like as a whole. Like you know, now it's like you know, once maybe an accident with Rivers, blah blah. But like the second time, you know, it's it's getting there. You know, like and then that also brings in like the red flags on like the other players that couldn't fit in here. Is like yeah. how how like right actually how, how like good they were. Yeah, 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 how bad, yeah, how bad that was. Uh, Haley asked, like, what gif it was. It was the gif, uh, you know, kind of he was looking for Jokic against, like, it was when he was in Golden State. I guess he was bullying him, and he was just like, where is that guy? Also, another thing for Boogie, which is probably humbling for him, is that he actually now was playing behind that guy he never respected. And you see him win the MVP that he never did. Right, and now, right, right. which I wouldn't even care. Like, I, I wouldn't even mind if, if, um, you know, talk. You know, if you talk to Boogie in person, he just tells you, "Yeah, I still think I'm better than him," and he wants to come out every backup role, every backup minute, and prove that he's better. Fine with me. Like that improves the team. Like as far as I'm concerned, like as long as he doesn't like spill into the locker room or practice, and he tries to show up, you know, show him up. But like I think that veteran presence. You know, he's transitioning to a veteran, but I still think he. You know, and he he has a right. I mean, he had under 20 minutes, 19 points. That kind of stat line hasn't been done and in like forever so i think it's very like very interesting and again like it might work for for the nuggets in the future if when the all these max contracts kick in they might become one of the veteran destinations not the ring chasing like big market teams but like oh yeah look at that like right. it's not right. we weren't just on there as like a rag to throw around if we you know just to throw in there and like whatever like they actually I invited them in as people and like actually gave hey, man, them like, cool. just thought green, austin right? rivers who would have thought Austin Rivers would take over as a Gary Harris role, like guarding the best guard player, offensive guard player on, on another team? Like, I, not me. <laughs> Dude, we already have seen it, right? Jeff Green, who was in the Brooklyn situation, yeah. signed yeah. with Denver, and when asked why, kind of talks about, like, I don't <laughs> want to put words in his mouth. I'll say it, not him. I'll say it, it was kind of a circus in Brooklyn, right? And yeah. Jeff, in <laughs> different seem like the guy. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a lot. And he think he was looking for a stable basketball situation. And Denver really is that right now. It's just crazy to think the, the growth in the perception of them around the league from when I got here till now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's there, I should say. But yeah, I do think that reputation is slowly changing. We won't see it manifest right in Dwayne Wade suddenly signing. Right? But yeah, the Jeff Greens, the Paul Millsaps, and then even these scenarios like Austin and DeMarcus Cousins are great example. The next time someone in those shoes is is surveying their options, they have to feel better about Denver than other spots. And I do think that is uh, something that was carved out intentionally by Tim Connolly, Michael yep. Malone, all the way down. Yep. Last, thing, last thing I'm going to say about Boogie, I will go even further and say that he's playing so well right now. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if, and listen, the hot take here, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he would command 
a big chunk of that taxpayer's mid-level exception from the Nuggets next season because that will be the only kind of deal that's not a minimum deal they will be able to offer to anybody. And I don't know if you feel that Boogie can play good enough to get like five million for next season, something similar to what uh, what uh, Paul Millsap got last year. Yeah, fair. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think. Well, who knows? Like, we'll see how how the season unfolds. Like, you never know. Also, there, are, if he plays that well, maybe that's the thing. Like, good, you earned your money and go go get paid somewhere else. Like, you know, right, right. And that might be yeah. and that might be what he does, and, and good for him if he does. But again, what is his value around the league? And is it just the case that Denver still sees him as more valuable as other teams because they're not worried about the baggage, whether fair or not, that comes with these guys? And so mm-hmm. that's it's a hard thing to sift through, I think. But yeah, yeah. for now, man, for now, obviously 10-0 speaks for itself. But Mira, yeah. you described a particular dynamic where in the beginning he was just filling empty shoes. Like, oh, you're right. seven feet tall and you can rebound sick. You're welcome. But with each passing game, he is at the the center of everything that second unit does well, right? Six yeah. assists last night. They're kind of starting to play through him. Yeah. And it's really cool to see. Really Which cool again, see. kind of, kind of, kind of, maybe it is like one of those um, for also for future reference. We, we talked about like when Plumlee left, like, oh, if, if, if the Nuggets are going to miss him and like, oh, it's fine. Like when Jokic was younger, you'd want to have your consistent. Um, bench playing similar style of basketball as your starters, and now we see with Boogie like they actually are back to that kind of deal. Like you have, you're not running everything through center, but you have a center that can pass off the. You know, like when he rolls, there was a few plays when John Michael Green on the dunker spot, like he goes in the middle on the free throw line and does like the Jokic thing, like looks around and he can attack, but then he dumps yeah. it off down low or like down on the on the jumper. Like Joel Raj did a did a good like breakdown of his game. And there was a lot of passes when he gets in the middle and just kicks it on the corners to Bones or or whoever's Forbes or whoever's on the court with him at that time. So like that kind that's kinda of interesting. Like we have we had a couple of years of like completely different second unit style of play from the first unit. And now we're seeing like maybe that actually it's not a bad thing to have that kind of consistency. Uh, that because of so many injuries that happened to to the Nuggets, like then you have Monte can we talk about Monte plays with with Plumlee, then he goes in with Jokic, and it's not a big, like it's it's a big difference, but it's not like stylistically, it's not a different uh, different style of play. So like that that's getting very interesting, and I mean we'll we'll see. I mean I will see. I'm I'm very excited. Like you know, we can roll into another another portion of our Borek will beating up on the bad teams because I think that's what what will bring us. Oh. This team reminds me more of of that 2018-2019 team when we were the second seed and th- that's the second unit would come in and just keep it going and then the whole whole game would be feel under control. And so I think like that's what we can see with this kind of lineup when you have those three guards in Boogie and Jermichael. Like you have bully ball and you have some finesse with those guards. And I mean, I'm glad. Like I'm surprised what kind of good score we have against good teams, this, uh, bad teams this year. Which I mean, it if we have so many injuries, like, I think that's kind of a uh, kind. Of, you have to do that to actually stay afloat. That's why they're afloat. It's been this their year. formula, dude. Right? That's why yeah. they're in the hunt. They've been yeah. one of the three best teams against below five hundred teams, fighting that antiquated reputation they have as a team that doesn't uh, show up for those games. But they have this yeah. year, and that's you know you might be troubled by that win profile in a different context, but mm-hmm. knowing what we do. 
I, if they're, they're going to win a title, this isn't the final form of the roster anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. take those wins, you bank those wins. As a five-man unit, I think they can destroy bad teams. We've seen it now, right? Even Faku coming in, he feasts on the cellar dwellers. Yeah. As far as the good teams, I don't know about the five-man, but I am so much more confident now that like eight, nine-man rotation. Can you pick two, three guys out of that bench group that help you? Oh, yeah. yeah. And and it start, it's that we can take a deep breath about the bench right now, I think. And yeah. That, that almost feels like breathing through two lungs again. Yeah. What do you think, Miro? Well, the thing about that second unit that improved our chances of, of playing against even better uh, teams is the fact that you now have more playmaking on the bench unit. And this, right. this is what I like with Boogie and Bones and with Austin Rivers and with Faku. All those guys are good playmakers for their positions. And you also have a very experienced uh, bench unit now because only Bones is the rookie there. And, you know, because uh, Zeke Naji was was injured for the last couple of games. And then you have, you know, J. Mike, who is not the creator, but he's a really good dunk, dunking uh, position guy next to Boogie. Uh, but on the point of beating up bad teams, it just speaks, frankly, I think that's that's a big thing about Mike, but about Michael Malone and uh, his way of handling his team. Because, yeah, the Nuggets really didn't have enough quality to win in a row against good teams this season because they just didn't have the enough quality. But then again, they've been showing up for these lackluster teams and just beating them up, just like like the San Antonio Spurs did for years and years under Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich never will let you, you know, uh, right. lose right. Yeah, against yeah. The, on a random that's Tuesday how you make against the playoffs Orlando. twenty years in a row. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Another thing with with fitting in, like, and th this is again kind of folds into the beating up on bad teams. Uh, just we talked about Rivers, you know, with the playmaking and stuff. We finally have a, sit a situation where his jab step is is gonna be like very useful uh, because we have Forbes and then Boogie's in the middle. A lot of his defenders have noticed. Like or yesterday was a couple of a uh, couple of situations. His defenders have to then like sag off in the middle to to account for Boogie, and so Boogie passes out. And then his jab step turns into a pump fake. So he pump fakes and then sidesteps because, and that's his like natural. And then he was making a lot of those like during the last few games. I don't know. I mean, it's anecdotally, but like, it's one of those funny things. Like before that, he, they were always, because we didn't have a playmaking middle, middle guy, like they were always just, his, their defenders would be next to them. So his jab sure. steps would be use, useless. And then there's no, now it's like you have always one, one half of the court available because open because Forbes like there's I dare you to leave him open like the guy's like automatic and we'll be waiting for that like I don't care he doesn't have to shoot over a guy and then goes into a crazy frenzy you know like Steph Curry like just make the open ones and because he has a reputation that entire half where he's on that defender cannot help like he right. helps he right. gets five out of six threes like that's, just like, that's why they're rolling defenders yeah like in the middle of the floor for once or inside the three point yeah. line, oh, even, that, yeah. right. Cause it's just even like before Boogie even when it was J Mike, it was just pick and pop, pick and pop. And it, like no one, the whole game was played alongside the perimeter. It yeah. And it's, be it's because J Mike was the biggest guy on the court and he needed to stay on the perimeter. So the biggest guy will go out because Denver was playing so many small guys that sure, just sure. couldn't score on the, on the, around yeah. the rim. If, if J Mike is not out with his guard, 
and now you have J Mike in the dunker position and it just plays beautifully. You, yeah, you, and then, you then lets put... him. Yeah, then lets yeah. him also like through motion goes out and, and pops. Right. Like it's not just standing around and always. It, yeah, it definitely was like just a few piece puzzle pieces to just unlock like everyone. It's not an accident. He's playing because it was funny because he played like he's playing now with Boogie. He played like that with Jokic those few games when. Uh, when I think it was Gordon was out or or Jeff Green, like there were people were out. I think Jeff Green was out with COVID, so it was uh, Jamichael would step into a starting lineup, and Gordon would go and play a three, and Jamichael was was a four, and he would do the dunker spot, and he would have really good games. And now you see like it's kind of translating with with Boogie right. out there. Yeah. Um, and let's let's uh, finish up the Borek section with basically our dessert Borek. Uh, maybe this for this, this week. This is a huge. Burek pie this week. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge. Well, it's also like maybe we, we talked about with Eric last week where there's like different types. So That's we right. had the meat and like the cheese, and now we can have like maybe cherry or something on to finish the segment up with just Murray Sounds and good. MPJ coming back. Well, at least like the MPJ news breaking that he might be back uh, this week. And also, you know, the, the kind of guy he is, he posted on Instagram just randomly <laughs> to like Isaiah Thomas. So we kind of knew <laughs> something is brewing. And then Vogue reported best. it. He's the best. He's like the we best. we was we had an all star uh, big all star um, show on Nugget Serbia last week, and Mir- Misla was like joking like we were, I don't know what it was it was like Silver's email. How do we get Silver's email? And he's like, didn't MPJ like leak it by accident years ago? <laughs> phone number on his phone it's, number. Yep. And then he and then you know went on Google and was like, yep, MPJ did it. It was like an Instagram story. <laughs> so so he did that again with Instagram, and we got a f- official word that he might be might be going into uh, Grand Rapids Gold soon enough. So. I mean, we talked about rolling, you know, beating up on ba- bad teams with uh, with the bench. Like, talk about beating up on good teams with our starting unit. Like, if those two guys come back, it's just, as, you know, as you said, like, chef's kiss, cherry burek. Like, Miroslav, start us off a little bit. We don't, uh, we're not going to go long. We want to play the flirty dozen. But, yeah, sure, sure. Let, let's just yeah. be short on this. So, <laughs> I, I really don't want to let myself feel that Jamal is coming back too. I just want to take it one step at a time. Let's get Porter Does first. you want to overdose on happiness? No, because if I overdose, <laughs> uh, I don't know what will happen. So if we get Michael Porter, so imagine, okay, let's say Jamal maybe a couple of weeks later. Let's see what happens with Porter coming in. My theory from the beginning, uh, well, uh, 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 since we started talking about him possibly coming back, because, you know, his injury recovery was never more than four months. That's what we know, thanks to Adam's doctor. But I'm thinking that, uh, that the Nuggets should slowly put Porter back into the game on a minute restriction by playing him off the bench. So yeah, don't yeah, put yeah, him yeah. in the starting lineup. Yeah. Just put him on the bench. It's easier for the minutes restriction as well. And also, you can make a dynamite bench unit with him. You already have great starters, great five guys on the starting unit, and th- let's let's see some of the the five man units you, you can get. You can get. Listen to this: Bones, Forbes, Porter, Zeke, and Cousins. That's like <laughs> yeah. 170 offensive rating and 165 defensive rating. <laughs> I want to watch that. So, so <laughs> Give me like five games of that. I don't care if they lose all five of those games. That would be dynamite. And let's go the other way. So let's 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 say Bones, Rivers, Porter, J. Mike, and Cousins, like AKA the dogs, you know. 
the yeah. dogs around Porter. And then let's say Bones, Rivers, Forbes, Porter, J. Mike, like a small ball version of of this. And I and I, again, I know Michael Malone. I know you you're watching this. Don't go small, please. Please just <laughs> yeah, do no. do me a solid and just He's gonna go. Do it. He's so, gonna do it. <laughs> so many, so many solutions. And I'm only talking about the regular season. We'll dive in into yeah. Well, into that's, there's time. For that. I mean, Josh, has, Josh on. Barnett has the bench in sync. Do you ruin that? I mean, it's it's that's the that's like relative thing. Like we have game to game. Like we can have like a bad game from the bench. So I think like you ca- you kind of have to. And in that case, like. I would when he comes back, like you have more bodies. I would also entertain the fact of well, maybe like rest Bill Barden for for a minute, mm-hmm. and then put put Rivers in the starting unit, mm-hmm. and then and then MPJ takes his spot in the in the bench, like just something, and then you'll hone in like your best players. And uh, you know, with Malone has shown. I mean, this year, like we talk about, always that he's inflexible, but this year he's shown a little bit more openness to it. And it just a problem is with Barden, like you know, being like if he's just stubborn and doesn't want to rest, but. You see, you just I, if I were them, I would just lay lay out like, hey, these are stats. Like when you're rested, like right. you go you go for a thirty piece, and then you go a little you know little off when you have three games in four nights. Like, what if we rested you like the second game against Portland when you're one of eight, and just have Mike Porter just yeah, you frame it that way. Like, this is the best for you. Like this is you're the most for the effective. Run, for the yeah, yeah, that's what Will wants. Will above all else. He does not want to miss out on another exactly player. like this is that's your pitch like hey do this because we can then rotate a little bit of these guys like you don't want to yep. lose rivers completely out of the lineup especially with this defensive uh defensive contributions right now so like you have maybe forbes a few games off too and you have a shooter then in michael porter like th- there's there's options obviously like it's gonna be fun I, i'm just excited to see how how they do it like especially right. off i mean i think he's he should be off the bench and i wouldn't even when we get to the playoffs, I wouldn't even mind him coming off the bench in the playoffs as well, because that was the bubble. Like that's the best success that they had for a while. So it might be interesting, especially with his minutes restriction probably coming into the playoffs. Wouldn't be wouldn't be bad to have a, a couple of shooters off the bench just to do that. Like what Miroslav said, like 170 offensive, 165 defensive, just throw some chaos in there with that, you know, that way. That's oh, last quick I know we want to move on, but the last question that I have germane to this. So let's say Porter is with the bench. Do you keep starting Jeff? Does Jermichael Green with the starters appeal to you at all? Because he has played well with them. Um, and Jeff is like, kind of running out of steam. But I'm just curious. Oh, oh. Like, I still think you do it. Like, I think still he's still, like, mobile enough and smart enough to take advantage of those things that Michael Porter didn't. Jeff, okay. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, yeah. And I think – and also I think he's one of those, like, Jokic-type guys. Like, he can load manage on the run. Like, he had a really good game yesterday. Not the one on Saturday. He was just kind of picking which one he's gonna do. Like, oh, we 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 started off sluggish. Oh, I'm gonna take my guy and just you know post up and get an easy layup and just do my thing. And he had 14 points, like pretty pretty routinely. So I think still he still has it. And I think like what Adam was saying, like in his list at the beginning of the year, like he has those things that man. If Michael Porter can hone in with his jump shot, like it's then it. I don't even know what's after unstoppable. Like we're already, right. they're already unstoppable, right. and that was ten game, you know, uh, series last year. Add, you know, Michael Porter adding that like quick low post in the transition, and quick cuts like that. He can read well, like Jeff does. Like then it's just a whole different ball right. Yeah, and I like Jeff over there. You can reduce these minutes to twenty minutes per game. That's completely fine. He he doesn't play in the four quarters yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway yeah. So that's right. that's that's fine. And I think he's more versatile than J Mike. 
for the for the starting lineup as well. Yeah. So this is why I prefer Jeff as well. Yeah, especially then you're right. Like you, you start him off well, and he's already not closing. So instead of Rivers, maybe it's Michael Porter that's closing. You have a bigger line. That's lineup. right. That's or right. Like you have someone else, you know, like coming in and you know have Rivers for defense, and you know I don't know. You're not benching Gordon, but like have some kind of you know permutation of those uh, of those lineups. And again, like it's it's going to be fun. Like I can you know it's kind of like I can't wait. Yes, they are in sync right now, but never hurts to like try to improve so michael porter gets you that you want to you want to go to the flirty dozen quick yeah let's do it we let's can do, do it. it the flirty dozen yeah <laughs> let's just get the graphic let's from see, yeah, so there we go oh, there so oh, wow. that is disgusting <laughs> i don't like that at all we are contractually <laughs> obligated to play this game at least 10 times because uh, artists from denver called uh, eric weedham uh, spent a lot of time making this graphic so we have to <laughs> We have to honor him. So what the flirty dozen is, you know that Nikola Jokic is always flirting with a triple-double. So right. I wanted, and because we cannot use, you know, the name of the famous movie and, and TV show as well, we have to, to, to make a fork of it. So flirty dozen, we are talking about guys that have just missed some, some statistical uh, numbers uh, recently. So I will start with the three guys on the Nuggets that that almost missed that actually I don't have these three guys I just remembered I had to put it on my list and I didn't so <laughs> for you I only have nine guys for today you need to guess the list of nine guys who have recorded exactly nine turnovers in a game this season so these guys have missed on a double double or a triple double or maybe you know, even a quadruple, quadruple yeah. double because they didn't have ten turnovers only nine okay so, so short short on the crazy stat because of turnovers yeah, yeah that's yeah. right no, so it, it doesn't matter i don't care about the other stats these guys the recorded exactly, exactly nine exactly. turnovers, nine turnovers on, yeah. in a game so yeah Jokic. yep yeah Jokic is on the list of course yep. we got westbrook westbrook Yes, oh, twice. Actually. It would have, been, twice. would have been funny if you had like ten and eight and never nine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a yeah. possibility. Okay. I will Westbrook I will give you good. some clues as soon as you start missing out. So Westbrook can uh, Harden. Is... Harden, yes, he actually only did it once, which is kind of surprising. Well, he barely, he barely tried. Player. He barely tried. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There uh, was just that week where he was like, "I don't want to be here." So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who else. Who else is a ball? Like Lamelo, maybe. Lamelo is not on the list. Okay, I will give. Yes. Yeah, it's it's it was an excellent guess, but he's not on the Embiid. list. Okay, Embiid Embiid is not on the list for some reason. I don't have. Well, he it doesn't here. pass, so it's here. fine. <laughs> <laughs> let Let me give you a clue. So this one guy has been an All Star for the first time this season, and his team is two and twelve. Uh, sorry, twelve and two when he doesn't play. Oh, uh, Morant. Jamarant is correct. So can you imagine Nuggets without Jokic going 12 and 2? That would be awesome. Dude, that's crazy that they it's also really <laughs> annoying, but good for them. Yeah. Uh, Yo, LeBron Brandon. James. LeBron has nine, right? LeBron James is not on the list. Let me give what? you another clue. Let me give you another clue. Let's go with the, let's go with the chat. Luca. Luca is correct. Of course. Yeah, Luca. Of course. He is handling the ball so much. Okay. You you want some other guesses or shall we go yeah, to let's another go clue? With the hint. Okay, the hint. So this player is in trade rumors for the last three seasons because his team sucks, but Bradley he Beal. has played for only Bradley Bill. That's correct. 
Bradley Beal. He's good. I was a You're bit better than Eric. Eric was Eric. Eric choked on this game. I did. <laughs> You're really good. You're really good. Dude, really, Eric was horrible at this game. It was so funny. You're talking about near triple double misses, and he kept guessing these like crazy high scores who didn't get any assists at all. He was like, let's think uh, Devin Booker. It was horrible. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's go with the Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young is an excellent yeah, guess. Yeah. It's correct. Vlad, okay. Vlad uh, in chat also said it. Great. How, how many do we have, Miro? We yeah. only have two more. Only two okay. more. So one guy calls himself the greatest big man shooter of all time. No, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl oh, Anthony Towns. Nine. That's insane. How did he lose nine? nine he gets nine doubled a, a lot because Jared Vanderbilt yeah. can't shoot. Yeah, and he sucks at it, right? Can't pass. Yeah, so like he can pass, but out of doubles, he turns it over a lot. Yeah. So. Let's okay. see what else we have. We the, have the last one. It's not an easy one, so let me help you. This player was drafted and played his rookie season for Cleveland, but for the last two seasons, he played for one of the worst teams in the West. He has the same last name as one of the current Nuggets. In, so drafted in Cleveland, played for the one of the worst teams in the West um, since. Yeah. No, it's not. The, it's not Dejounte Murray. That he he's a, he's a third third season player. So one season in Cleveland and then two seasons. In this really bad Western team, so who's it's someone from OKC draft uh, traded there? Like he has to be young, Portland maybe. Um, who's who's bad? I, I got no Pelicans. No, is it Shea? Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, uh Casey said, uh, Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, oh, Kevin Porter Kevin Porter Jr. Jr. <laughs> there we go. That's the chat. Chat's coming in clutch, like Chad, uh, Casey and, and Patrick. Yep. Yeah, this this is a top level K chat. KPJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, wow. guys. Good job. Good job you chat. you've been know. real flirters today. Yep, that's me, man. That I just can't <laughs> stop flirting. Michelle, when I see you in that shirt, come on. What else comes yeah, to mind? Yeah. Hey, exactly. It's the international sign of swingers. That's what Adam tells me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that that's it. That's it for our serving corner today. Uh, Thanks for thanks everyone for watching for participating. We'll try to we'll try to fit in some flirty dozens, uh, every you know every once in a while. Hope if we have any any one of these interesting stat yeah. lines, uh, let's you know let's go Nuggets. We'll see you next week. Follow us on Twitter on on all the all the networks on YouTube uh, YouTube channel and uh, podcast feed. Either uh, get you. Let's go. Kill. <laughs> We're still on. Okay, bye for real. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It was.